Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. First and foremost, before I go into the Word, I want to say that Um, welcome to a new dispensation (laughs) that was that was what came to my mind can you imagine welcome to a new dispensation (laughs) oh lord but it's going to be a beautiful one I want to just welcome everyone to church this morning Um, the new lucky I'm excited I'm pleased to be here. I know that this is the beginning of many new things. And I want your heart to be ready for what God wants to do amongst us as a church. Bible says that what eyes are seen, you know, ears heard, no, how does it enter into the hearts of any man? Those are the things that God wants to do. And this morning, And for the month of May, we're going to be starting a new subject, a new teaching series called Not By Sight. And so if you can, can you tell your neighbor around you, neighbor, do you have a writing material with you? Are you ready to write? Are you ready to learn? All right, let's go on this journey together. Um, If you're standing, you can be seated, ushers, everyone. Maybe just one person can remain standing to usher people in. Um, But every other person, please, let's be seated. Um, Amen. Glory to God. First announcement, quick announcement before I get into the word. The next conference, 2022, is how many months away? one month it's not up to two months it's about one month thereabouts um five weeks thereabouts um get ready for that it's going to be mind-blowing and destiny changing and i want you to just prepare your hearts for what god's going to do through that conference all right father in the name of jesus now let me say this (laughs) wait 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 you know, they were dragging me on Twitter yesterday. It's the new people. Now, I want to say things. I'm now conscious. <laughs> but I will still say it I like it or not. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this day. I ask that your word comes to us unhindered, uninterrupted by any satanic influence or activity. I pray that our hearts will be flooded with light. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we will see here and know what your spirit is saying to us right now in jesus mighty name we pray and the church says a louder amen Amen. glory be to god all right this morning i'm talking on the subject of faith this morning what i would do with this subject is to build the foundation of it 
And I'll tell you why it is very dear to my heart, this particular subject. Because for the longest time, I legit, literally thought that I had no faith. And I thought I had no faith because of the perspective in which the message of faith has been taught. And this morning, it would not be the usual teaching of faith that you really hear or understand. What I'm going to do this morning is to bring a biblical basis and fundamental teachings about the subject faith. I think that this subject faith is one of the most complicated subjects in the Bible. And one of the reasons why I believe that it's complicated is because the Bible in itself is the revelation knowledge of God. It's the will and the intent of God. Now, every generation teaches the Bible from the perspective or the lens most times in which they are sitting on or staying on. And that's why we'd always say that revelation is progressive, which means that you have an understanding of something, but they are deeper understanding of that subject in the Word of God. I remember several times where I would say to myself, I'm not sure I have faith for this thing. I don't think my faith has gotten to that level yet. And so, when we look at what Jesus says in his word, and I'm still just doing my preamble, and Jesus says that if you have a faith as little as a mustard seed, he was equating the faith of a mustard seed to a huge mountain. Why would you say, and how many of you have seen a mustard seed before? It's, 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 it can be lost in the midst of all those things yet. It's so small. And so Jesus says that if you have faith as little, as small as a mustard seed, he says if you have that kind of faith, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and this mountain will be moved. And then we have several teachings where, and I, I, I mean, it's, People have gotten results. Let me tell you something about the way the Word of God is. You, you know that in the Bible, God told Moses to strike the rod, rock and water would come out. How many times did he do it? Come on, let me hear you, church. How many times did he do it? Did water come out or not? No, talk to me. Did water come out or not? Water came out. God is more concerned about reaching the people. And that's why there might be certain denominations that do certain things or teach certain doctrines but yet are seeing results. Because God is more concerned about reaching the people. But Apostle Paul says that it is better to have a doctrinal balance. And so what doctrinal balance does for us, we know the parameters in which we apply ourselves with the things of God. In the subject of faith, I've heard things like small faith, greater faith, greatest faith, 
and the God kind of faith. And so as a new believer, I'm thinking to myself, where, I, where am I in this Kedar? Where will I eventually get to the greater faith? And so what I'm doing this morning is to first really understand the subject of faith because I believe that it is one subject that has been bastardized the most. So who's ready for this this morning? Are you ready? All right. To start with, let me talk about the foundation of the Word of God. Now, the Word of God is the revelation of God's heart to humanity. Write this down. The Word of God is the revelation of God's heart to humanity. The Word of God or the Bible, help me pass my Bible there, please. Thank you, Jesus. It's the revelation of God's heart to the people. And, and, and an handkerchief as well. Now, what that means, and I want you to stay with me, what that means is that whenever you read the Bible, whenever, thank you, you hear the word of God, what you are literally doing is that you are searching and seeing God's heart where your life is concerned. Let me say it again. The word of God is God's heart. It's God's insight to you and for your life. This is so powerful and critical and crucial that if this is all that you took from this subject or this teaching today, I'm telling you, you are blessed already. That this word of God right here, this Bible here, is God's heart towards you. What I'm trying to say in other words is that if it is not in the word of God, then it's not for you. What I'm trying to say in other words is this. If God says that this is for you, then it is for you. It means that if everything you see outside and everything happening to you negates what is in this word of God, then it is not God's will for your life. And that way, when you see that it's no longer God's will for your life or it's not God's will for your life, you are then able to stand and resist that matter. Saying on the truth of God's word, it is not God's will for my life, then I know that I'm supposed to take authority where this situation is concerned. Now let me break this down. A lot of people do not believe or think or know God's will for their life. Let me say this very powerfully and so profound yet. God doesn't use any bad thing to teach you a lesson. It doesn't. Now think about it. Would I look at my... There's a difference between you going through what you would call a colossal mess or problem and chastisement. God does chastises people as a son, yes. But think about it. I have a one-year-old daughter. And just think about my one-year-old daughter. One day, I have this perfume rack and my perfumes are very dear to my heart they're very dear to my heart <laughs> so one day she was just rolling up and down it's like 
the children they give birth to these days is battery. No, it can't even be battery they are using. I'm telling you. So she just went and I was lying down. She just, you know, used her hand. Those perfume put together, I know how much they cost. So the, the, I felt like knocking her into the ground. Just knocking her inside the ground. <laughs> now think about it. As an earthly father, she's a one-year-old daughter. Does she have the understanding of what I have? Does she know what I know? Why do you think God always judges you based on what he knows? You didn't hear what I said to you. His ways are higher. <laughs> I know your religious mind will not accept what I just said now. His ways are higher. His thoughts are wider. There's certain things. See, where he sits from, he sits on the standpoint of love, peace, and greatness. He knows everything. And so I would not see my daughter... And just because she threw my perfume on the ground and broke the perfume, I wouldn't see her and beat her to the point of coma. Because I want to teach her a lesson on how not to throw perfume on the ground. What would I do? I would probably give her... Yes or no? No, I would though. I'm not old... Gen uh -huh. I'm not new school though. Junior, will you stop that? No, stupid mom. Don't call me a stupid mom. I'm your mom. Oh. <laughs> ah. Okay. Let's continue, Jerry. <laughs> uh, okay. So let me say this here. If God gives you a daughter or a son, you are to legislate the life of that person. Legislation doesn't mean control. It means that you train them. The Bible says train up a child in the way that it should go. And so that when they are grown, they will not depart. There are certain things only talk cannot do it. The new generation say, I just only talk to them. I just talk to them. They hear me. It's good. Keep talking. I would always use talking and conversation ahead. But there are some situations that requires one, two. Somebody say four, five, sir. Amen. And so my daughter broke that perfume and I just moved on. But I gave her, don't do that again. I would not drag her years and be rolling her on the floor of my house and be throwing her like a ball because I want to learn, teach her how never to this is the mindset that many of us have. That God is, I'm telling you, if you check really your mind, God is a, is a house master. You know, house masters are different from teachers. They have long road. They are always looking for how to punish you. Somewhere in your mind, you literally think that God is looking for a way to just get at you. It's just looking for a way. So, it's, it's just sitting pretty. When you're about to do something, I say, I, I knew it, oh, I knew you are a bastard. Even though I brought you to this earth, I knew you are a bastard. That's what many people think. When the Bible says that God is love, it means there is nothing, there is, see, the totality of him is love. There is no hatred in him. 
And it's on that perspective, we can then understand what the Word of God means. And I'm teaching about the subject of faith, but it's pivotal that I talk about this thing. And so, there are three phases of what you call the Word of God. There is what you call the, the spoken Word of God. There is what you call the written Word of God. And there is what you call the living Word. The spoken Word of God is when God speaks to you concerning a subject or concerning something where your life is concerned. The written Word of God is this scripture right here, the Bible. And finally... We have the living word of God. The living word of God is Jesus himself. Jesus is the living word of God. So also, the written word of God is Jesus himself. Jesus is the written word of God. The spoken word of God also is Jesus himself. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's read it again together, everybody in the church. One, two, ready, and read. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who was in the beginning? Come on, let me hear you. Who was in the beginning? Who was in the beginning? Now, go to verse 2. Verse 2 then says, 1, 2. Are you there, media? The same was in the beginning with God. The same year. Who is the same? Was he talking about here? Who? The Word. Let's keep going. Verse 3. 1, 2. Verse 3. 1, 2. Ready? Read. All things by, were made by him. Who is the him right here? Who is the him right there? And without him was not anything made that was made. Who is the him right there? Who was making everything there? And if he didn't make it, then it means that he was not ready to make it. So who is the maker of all things? All right, verse 4. Verse 4 then says, In him was life. Who is the him there? And the life was the light of men. Who is the him there? Now, let me tell you something. We have a mindset that Jesus in the physical flesh is more powerful than Jesus in the written. Jesus in the written and Jesus in the physical are the same and the same. There is no difference. I say this all the time, when we get to heaven, we will be so moved because we would have thought that we are going to be seeing a Jesus like looks like a Corgan or Voltron. But what we are going to see is the simplicity of him right here. Listen to me. If you are not going to believe his word, this written word, if he came dressing like a masquerade, you will never even believe that he's the one. Listen to me, everyone. Look at me, please. This is Jesus in written form. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said to you. This is Jesus in written form. You see, when you have that perspective, when you see your Bible, 
it will no longer be one of the documents in your house. You would uphold it because you know that this is the totality of Jesus. This is Jesus in written form, guys. This is Jesus. And so every time you open the Bible to study the Bible or to read the Bible, what you are doing is you are interacting with Jesus himself. You are conversing with Jesus himself. I don't need to see Jesus physically. I don't need to have seen Jesus that walked the Sea of Galilee. I have the same Jesus with me. He's right here with me. But here's the problem. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the Spirit brings life. That's why Paul would always pray, Ephesians 1, 18, 19, that my eyes of understanding be enlightened. So it means that you can actually be reading the scripture and it seems as cartoon to you. But when your eyes is open, there is revelation knowledge. When you are reading the scripture, it now becomes the spirit himself that made the earth. It says, in him was life. Uh, life, pardon me, and the life was the light. It then says further, this light then shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. So what means, what this means is that when you study the word of God, when you stay with the word of God, what is happening is that the light of God's word is shedding to the areas of your life where there is darkness. And once you see that, oh boy, wait, oh, there is darkness in this area. It is there you can now stand on the will of God. Because when you accept and partner with darkness, then you actually don't know what the will is. This is why we study the Bible. The reason why we study the Bible is that we get to know more of God's will for us when the light of the word shines on that matter. Then you just say to yourself, no, I can't be sick. You see, listen, sickness is not a gift from God. I know you studied the book of Job and you thought that the book of Job was God that then said, oh yeah, go and make him to be sick. There are certain things we permit into our lives, yes. But God is not the one trying to continue the sickness in your life. God is already, see, and let me put it this way, God is not even trying to heal your sickness. Listen, when he said it was finished, there was nothing extra. <laughs> So it is that it is finished, but it is finished, it is finished. What you and I need to now do is to appropriate what is finished. That's why new creation believers, Paul says, an effectual of fervent door has been opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. So even though Jesus has finished everything, there are still adversaries that says no. See, if in heaven they could stand up and cause war, how much more on the earth? And that's why many people say, well, if God is God, then why do we have sickness on the earth? If God is God, then why do we have uh, Putin destroying um, Ukraine? Why are young people dying? Why are small children dying? If God is God, if he can just snap his finger and let everything just end. Because there is still what you call the God of this world. And unfortunately, his time is not up. His activities in your life has finished the day Jesus said it was finished. But if you don't study the word of God, you allow that activity continue. 
This is why we study the Word of God. Did somebody get something there? So, let's talk about faith. Faith, the subject of faith is one I believe I want to put in your spirit. And I know that as a church, when we do so, in this season of pioneering again, it would help us to get into deeper possibilities with God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Media, I need the fastest hand in that place. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Say after me, I love the word of God. Say, it's medicine to my flesh. Oh, say very loud. I love the word of God and it's medicine to my flesh. Glory to God. All right, look at this. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. Let's read this together, everyone. One, two, ready and read. Now the just shall live by faith. Pause there. Let's read it again. One, two, ready, read. Let's read it one more time. One, two, ready and read. In this scripture, what is the most outstanding thing that you notice in that scripture? One word. What is it? Tell, talk to me. Say it very loud, sir. Say it very loud again. If I had $100,000, I would give it to you now. He said he would collect it now. Let me tell you what. He says, now, there is an emphasis. Listen, everything in the scripture were not written by those who had migraine or amnesia. It wasn't like they didn't know where they were writing. The Bible says they were moved by the spirit to write. There are at least five places in the Bible where this scripture is clearly written, now the just shall live by faith. So it means that if we look at, when you use the word now, it means that everything that was happening either to is cancelled. It means that now as we go forward, this is the new oppression. So the lifestyle of a believer is now this just and I know that many people, when you hear the word just, you, you circumvent yourself, you exclude yourself to say, I'm not a just man. Let me tell you something. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you became a just man. And what does just man mean? It means you became justified. Justified by your works? No. Justified by the finished works of Christ. So now, this just man shall live by faith. Lift your two and say after me, I'm a just man. And I live by faith. So this scripture is saying right here that the lifestyle of a believer is by faith. The way a believer moves in life is by faith. The oppression of a believer is by faith. Everything the believer must do must be by faith. Now, the just shall live by faith. Now let's look at this scripture again and take it away. Like we are rolling back. Let's assume that we take away the word just and leave. Or let me, say, let me say it this way. We take away the faith part and turn it to fear. And take away the leave and turn it to death. If you remove faith from this old scripture, it means that the just shall die by fear. 
Did you see that? It also means that the only way the just will live is by faith. And the only way the just will die is by fear. Did you hear this? Why do you think that whenever the angel of the Lord appears to them in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, the first thing they would say is, fear not. Why? Do you think that's just the watchword in heaven, fear not? No. Because they know that the pioneering and the engine that operates in the spirit of a new creation is the spirit of faith. This is why the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It means that what excites God, what gets God happy, what gets God excited is faith. So when there is no faith, then God is not excited. What is faith? I want to go ahead by myself a little bit and I'll come back. Faith. I know in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it will say that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's a good definition of faith. But let me give you a very simple definition. Faith is believing in the possibilities of God than human possibilities. Faith, number two, is tapping into the realms of the unseen and believing that the realms of the unseen would always change the realms of the seen. That's faith. Glory be to God. And so, in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 again, you see the same scripture written there, the just shall live by faith. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, you see the same thing written there, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11, the just shall live by faith. Do you know that in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, even your salvation was received by faith? And so if the greatest price that Jesus paid on the cross was received by faith, then it means that our lives must be by faith. Let me break it down to a way that you probably understand it better. It means that every decision you are making in life must be a faith movement. You don't understand what I'm not saying to you. It means that everything looks bleak, but God says go and you still go. That's faith. Every single decision, listen, you would get that job by faith. It means you see a higher realm. You know, I explained to you the definition of faith. That faith is you seeing a realm of the unseen and tapping into that realm as more powerful. This is the problem of what you call metal assets. That people believe, and you see, this is what breaks my heart all the time. And that's why I'm very passionate about what I do. What breaks my heart the most is that many believers, we gather together every Sunday morning but we truly don't think that God would do it for us. We believe that God is the ease and is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We believe that God is all-powerful. We sing all these powerful songs about him. When we even sing those songs, we cry. When we are rolling on the floor, we worship. We believe that God is so mighty. God is so powerful. He parted the Red Seas. He created the stars. He created the seas. He killed Goliath. He killed Potiphar. He killed uh, Pharaoh. He did all of these mighty things. But we sometimes think that when it comes to our life, it's not powerful enough to do it. I'm talking to some people right here. We think that God is so powerful to do for every other person but you. So even when you are singing those songs, this is why many believers come to church without expectation. 
And that's why we get to the point where it seems as though if God is not really going to do it, then I might as well just do it by myself. So God in itself is not actually the first option. It's really the last option. Because we don't think that God is powerful. I'm telling you guys, this is what I want to anchor on tonight, this morning. We've heard testimonies. We've seen miracles on TV, but we don't think that he's able to do it again. I want you to search your heart very well this morning, because I might just be talking to your spirit. And faith, if we are going to live by faith, faith simply means that we are tapping into the all power of God. Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus. He told Mary, he says, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. What is faith? Faith is simply believing the power of God. Full stop. I believe that God is powerful and he can do it for me too. That's faith. All this complication of faith is where the problem really is. And the devil wants you to take it complicated so that you literally believe you don't have faith. I believe that God is able to do it. Listen, what faith did the woman with the issue of blood have? The faith was simply, if I may but touch. I don't have to touch his head, though. You see, when you really think about the works of faith, because I'm going, to, I'm going to break it down for you today. Let me go ahead of myself a little bit. Sometimes we have complicated this faith so much so that it is coming to a point where we now say we have to get 28 scriptures. Then when you have eaten it, eaten it, eaten it, eaten it, eaten it for at least one year. And sometimes we preachers even complicate it for you. Because I can come here and say to you, when I was on campus, I, I, the Spirit of the Lord dropped the scripture in my heart, Ephesians 3.20, and I ate it, ate it, ate it, and I know that scripture so much, and I use that scripture for my life. But listen, what scripture was Abraham standing on when God told him, go to thy father, and leave thy father and thy kindred to the place I will show you? What scripture? It was a word from God. So when you have a word from God, you have faith impacted in your spirit. They, they are not listening to me. When the word comes from God on that subject, this is why we labor in prayer. So that we can hear God's word for us. God told Abraham, leave thy father and thy kindred to a place that I will show you. The Bible says, and it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, all of the patriarchs of faith that subdued kingdom, tell me, what word were they standing on? That's why I shared with you earlier the three phases of the word. The written word, the spoken word, and the living word. That even when God speaks to you, it is faith. You do understand what I'm talking about. I'll give you a story. One day, the place I was staying before, the house we were living before, my wife and I, I got tired of that place. You see, at some point in life, you will begin to know when a particular face is ejecting you out. Does it happen to you? If you are sensitive enough, you will know. All of a sudden, you would feel restless. The things you used to enjoy before, you would no longer start enjoying it. The house you used to celebrate before, that, ah, look at my beautiful Hanshan. You will enter it and you will lose a taste for the place. You begin to sense that this thing is ejecting me out. 
The problem many times is that people stay in where has been ejected them, has ejected them out. That's why the spirit of faith is now. It's now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is now. And so that day I said to my wife, I said, I mean, I'm leaving this place. So we are leaving this place. So I woke up that day and we started looking for a house. And let me say this here. Everything you would do in life, you must always do it by faith. What is faith? It means you are seeing the possibilities in the realms of the spirit, but it's not physically manifesting. You are working with a higher knowledge that is not physically represented. That's faith. It means that in the move of faith, your bank account is inconsequential to the grand scheme of things. It means that in faith, your talent is inconsequential. I'm telling you something. There is a possibility you are anchored on, which is the power of the Spirit. It's the power of God that is greater and mightier than any other thing that you want to anchor yourself on. And so that day we went out. Listen, I tell you the truth. At that day, at that time, I had no money of that kind of in my account. I had not that, not, not that kind of money. But I said to myself, it's time for us to leave. And my wife knows me. She knows once I enter into that mood like this, it's go. And so we started driving around. You see, when you enter into what is your own, you also know. Yeah. Am I talking to the people in church? Yeah. Some say, well, it's not really mine. Yes, it's not yet time. That's another subject for another day, but I'll go there later. So we got into this apartment, this house, and I saw the house. And my wife and I walked in, went around. Because this is why I said you must live more in the place of prayer. Because in the place of prayer, the way faith is impacted is that when God speaks to you, sometimes it comes with pictorial images. You begin to see what is yours. You begin to see your next level. When we say let us live more in the place of prayer to enter into rest, that's what it means. Rest means that you saw something. I, I mean, I was telling somebody this in the video I shared with them in church. Yesterday, Liverpool played versus Newcastle. We won them 1-0. Now, I watched that match and I was excited we won them. And we are going to win the league. We are going to win the quadruple. If you, like, if you don't say yes, I will not come back next Sunday. <laughs> but I don't know about that league, Shah, but anyway. Now I saw that match and I see the match and I, we won the match. Now think about it, because I'm talking about rest. Because what we literally call rest, people think is sleep. If it was sleep, Apostle Paul would not say, let us labor to enter into rest. Laboring to enter into rest is praying. I will show you. Now watch this. I came back from the movie. I said movie. I've seen the match. Now today we finished church. I'm going to my house. I entered into the house and I put my TV screen on and they are showing the replay of that match. I'm seated. I'm watching the match. Am I under pressure that I will lose the match? Is there apprehension in my spirit? Am I feeling like, ah, hey, this ball, score, score, score. Am I? I already know the results because I saw the result already. That is what faith means. It means you entered into rest in the place of prayer, pictures were shown to you. 
So when life occurrences begin to happen, people are saying no to you. No, you can't pass this door. No, you can't get this breakthrough. No, this thing cannot happen for you. You already saw the match. You already won the match. And so in all of those things, you already have the answer. That is what it means to enter into rest. Now, people are trying to walk by faith when they have nothing to see. There must be something you are seeing. Let me tell you how I know there must be something you are seeing. The Bible talked about Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says Abraham was looking for a city whose builder is the Lord. Who gave him the picture? It was not a physical city. But he knew that when it looks like God, I know. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said to you. He was going somewhere, he was looking for... People say he was not looking for anything. He was looking for something, no. But the one he was looking for was whose builder is the Lord. It means it's a template. Not given by any man. Not a man building it. The Lord himself deposited it into his own spirit. So when he got into the place, he knew that this is the place. My question is, what has been handed to you in the place of prayer? We entered into the house that day. My wife and I looked at ourselves and we smiled. It looked exactly like what we were praying for. I'm telling you. See, when we walk the life of the Spirit, it's easy. All the complication is because we are trying to do mago-mago, trying to just join the thing. Listen, you can quote 800 scriptures. If there are no pictures in your spirit, you will just be quoting something, quoting, 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 quoting. When the thing happens, you will not know if it is the one that's happened. Because there's no image to balance it, to tick the box. That's why we spend time in the place of prayer. So we got there. Let me tell you what happened. As we entered there, the man told us, oh, this house is so, so, and so amount. And we left because we didn't have the money for that house. So as we're going, I have an habit when I know something is mine. The Bible says that whatsoever thy feet or thy, the sole of thy feet step, you possess. I have my, the sole of my feet is almost like my hand. They are both flat and they look alike. If I can't step leg, I step hand. And I've learned that because my hands are God's hands. So I went there and I laid my hands on the wall and I said, in the name of Jesus, this house connects with what we see. So I received this house. So we left. One day, they called us. They said, oh, the man is about to sell the house for somebody else, da, 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 da. So I woke up. I told my wife, I said, let's go and see this person. Watch this. Though. So we went there. We met the landlord, the owner of the house. So we had a conversation with the man. The man said, well, uh, the money you guys are you know, proposing is too small. There's somebody else. You know, but no problem, no problem. I'll think about it. I'll call you back on Monday. You know, I'll think about it. So we, you know, so we left. I told my wife that they're not going to sell this place. So they're not going to give it out. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> see, what you see is a magnetic force. Do you know that when we called the, the caretaker, is it caretaker or the root of, what, who are those people? Agents. She said, oh, this was on Monday. She said, oh, sorry, oh, the house has gone. He has given it to somebody else, da, 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 da. I said, can I see the man, the owner of the house? He said, no, 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 that is gone. I just forget it. We'll find another place for you. I said, my house. The one I saw. 
gone. I said, no. So he said, oh, sorry, sorry. So, have you? so I told my wife, I'm coming. I drove and I went straight to the man's house. I went to knock his gate. He was not around. As I was knocking, his wife was coming out. Faith is now. The wife was coming out. I said, Ma, your husband said, ah, that, you know, when I saw you and your wife, and that time my wife was pregnant. So I just felt like, you know, you guys, you know, but my husband, you know, money, you know, men are money, you know. The man too was coming. I said, sir, when he came and answered, sir, I said, sir, this house is ours. You gave it to somebody. I said, ah, I've given it. They've got their money. They sent receipts, da, 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 to them. There's nothing I can do. I said, sir, this house is ours. I said, think about it and please call me back. And I left. The next morning, Tuesday, he called me. I saw his call. This was around 8 a.m. I smiled. I saw it. I looked at my wife. She was sleeping. I tapped. I said, look at this person calling me. She was looking at me. I picked the call. I said, hello, sir. I said, I don't know where you are from, oh. I don't know. But whatever it is, sir, I give you, how many days? Like two days. I give you two days. Just spend them, send the money. Because I don't know. I don't know. Now we have to transfer the money back to the person. Eh? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't send the money two days ago because I didn't even have it then. <laughs> I don't go the price same thing where I know if you buy it. See, faith is now, guys. <laughs> the problem is you have not seen something. See, listen, God told Abraham and uh, Moses, he said, stretch for thy rod. What is he telling you to stretch? You, you are just stretching different things. That's why it seems as though the power of God is not working. Because they, see, this Christianity is by conversation with the realms of the spirit. You're on the earth. There is a command control center that gives instruction. Armies don't go to war by themselves. There has to be somebody feeding them the instruction. Shoot like this. Back off small. Enter the angle. Shoot this angle. Oh, you, you are just praying bullets. Open everyone we walk. Do you know there are times when you are praying and God said, don't pray, just worship. And there are times you are fasting, God said, go and break the fast and eat. Because you feel like religious, I just have to. God is saying, give to the poor. They say, which poor? Which poor? Me, I'm even the poor. I'm the poor. Which poor? So you just use all the machine gun. There are times Jesus would get to the tomb of Lazarus and would say, Lazarus, come forth. And there are times where we will tell people, go and show yourself to the priest. But you, you are just using everything together. Which one? There are sometimes you see the blind, lay hands on them and they become healed. There are some you will mix mud. But he was saying, as my father speaks, so I do. If you look at the lives of Jesus, you will see that there was an interconnection between God's saying and what he was doing. What do you think he was doing when he was right on the floor? With the woman with the issue of, um, pardon me, the adversarious woman that was writing on the floor. You see, words of wisdom are not said hastily. You pick downloads before you speak. Somebody hear what I'm saying this morning? And so, later that Friday, we sent the money, sent the money back and we got in. The rest is history now. By faith. Because faith is now. My time is two more minutes. Let me close now. What does faith do? What faith does? Number one, faith overcomes the world. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. Overcomes the world. 
Look at me, everyone. If God says go, don't look back. Move. Move. All this rationalizing. Do you know, let me tell you something. I've realized this. That when God says move, and there's casualty or problem on the way, even when they say move, there is an unusual rest. Has it happened to you before? One unusual peace that encompasses your soul. Why? Because you know that it was God that said it. Just because God says go doesn't mean there won't be problems. Because Jesus told the disciples, go to the other side. And on the way to the other side, the boat started having problems. In fact, I dare to say that usually more than often, the moment God speaks a word, there are satanic forces that comes to ensure that the thing doesn't happen. When God speaks, that's when problems begin to... That is when you begin to doubt yourself. Did God really say? Because that's the opportunity the devil can really help you to enter as not you can not live by faith. And the only thing that pleases God is faith. If you are not in faith, you are not pleasing him. So the devil would come in there. You create opportunities for him to now begin to negotiate with you. Ah, this one that you are going now and God said you should go to this social place and now they have sacked you from the job. Is it really God? See, look at yourself. And you'll be thinking to yourself that is it, is it true? Is it really God? Not knowing that some of you, the process of life must take you to the pits before you can become prime minister. Oh yeah. Sometimes the faith journey is for you to enter into dungeons of lions. Dens of lions. So that when you come out, the whole of Babylon can now serve your God. Yeah. But because you enter small problem, you say, did I really hear God? It's part of the process. So. It's part of, and what that thing does for you, it solidifies your faith. So when there's a higher problem, you know that, oh, this one, don't worry, devil, show me pepper, I'm on it. And they enjoy the pepper, bring it on. It is faith and it's God. Some of you, it's not the devil that is doing you, it's God. It's God. And let him do you well. Say, do me, O oh Lord, do me finish. Just do me finish. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The process of faith is sometimes God taking from you all that you have known to humble you to raise you again there are three processes in life listen listen to me there is what you call the birth the death and the resurrection the naming ceremony of a child like we're having a baby dedication this morning it's a very exciting day when a child puts to bed everybody's excited hey come and see what the lord has done for me the families you have not seen in 28 years, they remind you how they raised you up when you were two years old. <laughs> People bring gifts all around and gives you the birth of a child. It's exciting. And then comes in the journey of life what you call the death. Jesus went through that same process. The birth of Jesus was exciting. The death, the death is painful, it's hard. Everyone is crying. Everyone is sobering. Sobbing. What's going on? This vision God gave me many years ago. God gave me this business. God gave me this ministry. Now we look at it. It's booming all of a sudden. Now it seems as though God is taken away from me. Sometimes God uses that to train us that what you are holding is not really your source. 
I am your source. It is me. The death of the vision. The next thing is what you then call the resurrection of the vision. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men. It says, except a waste of grief falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. It means that the resurrection of a vision is always much glorious. Because by the time that thing is coming back, it's not coming back as one. It's coming back as multitudes. When Jesus died and resurrected, he didn't come back as only Jesus. He came back as all of us, the saints. That is faith. Thank you, Jesus. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised. You are the Lamb upon the throne. And on. Lift your hands. Thank you. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. Listen, as we sing that song right now, faith will be impacted into somebody's spirit. The spirit of faith. Lift your two hands and sing it. Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God. I believe in you. I believe in you. One more time. Sing Jesus. Jesus. The Son of God. I believe. I believe. One more time. One more time. Say. Sing Jesus, the Son of God. Tell him you believe him. You believe in him. You believe in his power. You believe in his possibilities. You believe in his greatness. You believe he's able to do exceedingly abundantly. Lift your hands. Sing Jesus, say Jesus. The Son of God. Korabatele Mahaya Labakaya. All right, let me quickly close this up this morning. Let me close this up quickly. So, what faith does, number one, overcomes the world. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. First John 5 4 says, um, Who always helps us to overcome? Give me that scripture. For was, yes, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What helps you to overcome? Come on, let me hear you. What helps you to overcome? What helps you to overcome? And so if you don't have faith, then you're not an overcomer. And so faith is not something that is somewhere, somewhere that is just eating somewhere in your life. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you were dealt with a measure of faith. So say this after me. I have faith. I have faith. 
Say it again. Do you believe what he just said? Why do you think they call us believers? Think about it. Why, what, where's the word believers from? It's from faith. I'm a believer. It means I believe. I always believe. I believe in the possibilities of God. That's why we are called believers. We are not doubters. We are believers. Glory be to God. I'm a believer. Woo! I'm a believer. I believe in the power of God. I believe it rose again. I believe it parted the seas. I believe in him. Glory to God. Faith is rising in this house this morning. <laughs> Number two. With faith we quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. Ephesians 6 and verse 16. With faith we quench the fiery darts of the enemy. It says above all taking the shield of faith. Woo! Wherewith we shall be able to quench all some few all the fiery darts of the wicked with faith by faith by faith by faith it means that they are saying oh everybody is dying oh say i cannot die let me tell you something listen to this faith is a speaking spirit not a thinking spirit god came upon the earth the earth was without form and void and god said let there be light and there was light faith without speaking is no faith and that's why even at salvation you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth you can't numb it in your mind jesus is lord no you believe in your heart you say it with your mouth. He says, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He didn't say go before Pharaoh and be looking at him. There must be something you are saying. The words which I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Faith is a speaking spirit. They say, nobody in this job can be promoted. I would be promoted. It's a speaking spirit. Oh, nobody can just have kids anyhow. I would have my kids. It's a speaking spirit. That's why you say, faith is now. You must always be saying something. You must have something you are saying. Listen, the battle of life is won in the ways of words. There's a boxing ring called words. It's those who know how to use it that win that match. Use your words. Speak with faith. Speak with faith. Look at what Abraham said. God told Abraham to take a son and go and offer a son up for him. Do you know what Abraham said? Abraham got to the junction and he told the servants that were with him. He says, you guys stay here. I and the child will go and we will be back. Go ahead and read it now. Faith. The God that gave me this child cannot take it from my hand like that now. Even if he takes it from my hand, when we get there, he will give me another one. Faith speaks. You are believing for something, you are just keeping it in your mind. One day it go better, it go better, it go better. That's, that's not the spirit of faith. That's not the spirit of faith. Listen, there are certain things you must say openly. 
People don't want to say it so that in case it doesn't happen. <laughs> Jesus says, go and wash yourself. There are certain things you say. You release it in the air. So that let the angels and demons fight. And you know who always wins. Thanks be unto God. Who always. <laughs> Woo! Always. Causes us to triumph. Always. I'm not going to sit there sitting pretty thinking everything is going on well and it looks as though everything is not going on well and I sob in my heart thinking one day, Lord, let it go on well. No, I'll speak from today in the name of Jesus. I declare everything is going on well for me. I declare everything is going on fine for me. Someone asks you, how are you doing? It's going on well. It's going okay. It's going to be all right. I know it's a speaking spirit. You must always say, keep saying it. Don't stop saying it. (laughs) listen they can call you talkative for all I care but in this realm it is talkative that win I'm a talkative when it comes to my life I don't gossip I don't join around and have those useless conversation but when it comes to my life I'm a talkative because I will never stop saying it do you know how many times the devil came to tempt Jesus Three times. Did he stop at the first time? You, you said the thing, the thing did not happen. You stopped. You said it the first time he stopped. The devil was persistent with the person that created him. Did you understand that? In the beginning was the word. All things by, was made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. The angels who came as the angel of light, as Lucifer, was made by him. The same person that created him, the devil, God himself, he was tempting him. He says, leave me. He took him again to the mountaintop. He says, I'm the owner of this and I will give it to you. He says, get out of it. The last one, can you be me, Satan? Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says the devil left him for a while. It meant that there was another account. Might have not been recorded in scripture, but he came back again. The devil understands words. In the garden of Eden, he came to meet Eve. He says, did God really say you should not eat? He says, oh, God said we should not eat. He said, he told you you should not eat because he knows that when you eat of it, do you see? Keep saying it. Believers are too numb. And even in the things of the Spirit, you will see that with Zechariah, the reason why God numbed his words was so that he doesn't go and say something that negates what he wants to do. So if God can numb the words of a man so that he doesn't say something to tweak what he has started, then it means that if he gave you vocal cords to speak, he wants you to keep saying things. Oh, glory to God. What's the spirit of faith in this house? Rise on your feet and begin to speak something in this house. Say something into the air. What a spirit of faith. Woo! Shaya la Bahaya. Woo! Ha ha. Glory to God. Lift your children and say, I have faith. And I have the God kind of faith. The same faith that, has, that Jesus had is the same faith that I have. The same faith that rose your Christ from the dead is the same faith that I, this just man, this saint, has 
and I always speak. What I have seen, I say. Oh, you don't hear what I'm talking about. What I have seen, I say. What I have seen, I say. What I have seen, I say. What I see, I say. When I pray and I see, I declare. When I pray and I see, I declare. When I pray and I see, I declare. Look at me. Someone shared me a story about her growing up. Somebody in the new Ikeja. When she was growing up, she was very wayward. Very wayward. I mean, did all sorts of things. In fact, there was something she told me. I said, ah. 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 God is trying to. And you, and, and, I mean, I told her, you know me, I, I crack jokes and I whine people. Learn. I said, ah. And you still make careful like this. Huh? Because, you see, when you sin and God forgives you, he forgives you. God has amnesia when it comes to your sin. He brought it out. He forgets. Anyway, that's not a subject for today. So she told me all the stories. And let me tell you what she said. She said, when she was growing up, her mom always says words to her. A dad, pardon me. And that's why she hates her dad. Who always curse her house. Say she can never be great. She can never be this in life. Dad, dad, dad. Say all of those things to her. So she started becoming that. Said her mom, listen. Said her mom, when she started doing all this, she didn't go home, all those things. Wayward things. Brought tears to the family. Said her mom will come, anytime she comes home, said her mom will come by her bedside at night and be saying into her ears, you are a glorious child. That's what she told me. Said her mom, she would push her mom away. Mommy, mommy, she would leave the house. Her mom will be sending her text. I say you are a glorious child. What was she doing? She was cross-correcting the abnormalities that has happened. So sometimes she would do things, you know, they would meet her in brothels and things like that. Her mom would come and meet her there. And be saying to her, I say you are a... Keep saying it. Keep saying it. So the one that knew that that day the thing happened the thing broke she said she knew so one day she was in the house she came to pack her things finally out of the house her mom came in and saw her she was eating her mom came and knelt before we saw her and said stop disgracing this family with tears she walked away she pushed her mom i mean you know when that spirit enters them she said her mom said to her she was leaving the door she said I know the covenant I had with God when I born you, when I gave birth to you. It says you are a glorious child. Said her mom was saying that to her. Listen, she said she'd go back home. Listen to this. She'd go back home. Apparently her mom had put a letter inside her bag. And the letter was confession. It was written as I, I don't want to mention her name. Let me use as the name. I, I am a glorious child. She wasn't writing a letter to say, please take care of yourself. Please. She was writing a letter of confession. Do you know, when she was reading the letter, she can't be reading it as, she has to be reading it as her own. She compelled her. 
to form into the image of Christ. Now she's in the new Ikeja, vibrant for God. Her hunger for God, sometimes I used to tell her, ah, ah. Because I know where she was coming from. When people have passion like that, it's only go the yell. It's like Paul. Her <laughs> mom is late now. But the words of that woman changed the life of a child. Your words are powerful. This morning, I want to give you one minute. You know what God has been saying to you and what you have been saying. One minute, begin to say what you see. Patient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the patient words in heart Asian words ever true, changing me and changing you. Let me tell um, what has been told me this morning that I should take videos of the people in the gallery too, of the crowd in the gallery. Don't stop. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Patient words. They had to take that step this week. Take that step. Make that decision. God has said it. Move. Make that decision. Yes. Don't be timid. He's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love. And of a sound mind. It's not giving you a spirit of fear, remember. If Abraham had to leave his father and his kindred to a land he knew not, to a place he had never been, sometimes God tells you to leave all and just follow him. It says, You have told out night but caught nothing. Up nevertheless at thy word. It says, From today, I would make you fishers of men. Leave your fishery. And follow me. Trust God again. Pioneer again. Trust God. Tell him. Oh God, I wrap myself in your love. I embrace yourself, myself with your warmth. Carry me with your hands of grace. Carry me with your arms of grace. One more minute, one more minute, one more minute. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's take this very short confession with me. Say after me, lift your right hand and say in the name of Jesus. I'm a man of faith. Come on, let me hear you. I'm a man of faith. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. And the faith I have is a speaking spirit. And so from today, 
I see, I hear, I say, and I do. I see, I hear, I say, and I do. From today, I see, I hear, I say, and I do. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm full of faith. I'm full of joy. I'm full of hope. The Bible says concerning Abraham that who against hope believed in hope. I hold on to faith. I hold on to hope. And I dare it again. I pioneer again. I go again. And I know this time it's all working together. It's all coming together for my good. For surely since I was born and at this present time I've never seen a righteous man forsaken nor his seed bread for bread. And I know that my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above all that I can ask or think according to the power that is inside of me. And so therefore, the power in me is the power of faith. I speak the life of God, the power of God to my business, to my health, to my finances, to my relationships, to my businesses, to my career. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Lift up your heads, all ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Let this King of glory come in. This week, things are turning around for my good. Things are shaping together for my good. I step out in faith as I see the impossibilities of God. I don't draw back onto perdition. I look beyond what I see in the present. For I know that the endless expectation of believers, of the sons of God, awaited the manifestation of this righteous man. I know that the sufferings of my present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in me. So this week, the glory I carry I radiates around everywhere I go. I'm a, I'm a glory carrier. I'm a glory carrier. I carry glory. 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 Therefore, I run with the speed of the Spirit. I move with the speed of the Holy Ghost. I step into abundance. I come into formation. For the hand of God is upon me. I'm supernatural. I have no taste for mere religion without change. I'm a man of the word. I'm a man of the spirit. I'm full of the spirit. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I express 
the joy of the Lord that is my strength. I radiate it. Hey, 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 Apakara Oxtelebantes Melobocas We are not drunk with wine where it is excess but we are filled with the spirit Glory be to God. What a new season. What a new season. The coast is cleared. Yeah, we are ready now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.